are listening to a Commonwealth Bank of Australia Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. This podcast provides general market-related information and is not intended to be an investment research report. The information contained in this podcast is based on previously published material, and before listening, you're advised to read the full Global Economic and Markets Research Disclaimers, which can be found at combankresearch.com.au. Welcome to the Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. My name is Belinda Allen and I'm a Senior Economist here at CBA and I'm joined on Inflation Wednesday by Gareth Ed, Head of Australian Economics. Gareth, nice to have you on. First time for 2023. Yeah, g'day Belinda. It's nice to be on on, uh, well, what's proved to be a pretty big day in terms of the data that we've just had out. That's right. So we just got our Q4 inflation data, uh, so for the last quarter of 2022, and it did come in larger than expectation. So headline inflation arose by 1.9%, so above both our and consensus expectations. And the annual rate reached 7.8%. Yeah, look, it wasn't pretty. Um, the headline data did come in stronger than we, we were anticipating, but but not by a lot mm. in through the year terms. We were looking for inflation to get to 7.7% uh, through the year, and it came in at 7.8%. So it wasn't a big miss. Uh, we were a little bit above consensus, um, which was centred on an, inc- uh, an annual rate of 7.6%. So it, w- it was stronger than um, most people were expecting. But if you go back to the Reserve Bank's forecast mm. in the November statement of monetary policy, they were actually anticipating headline inflation would peak at 8%. So it actually came in below where they thought it would get to. I think what's happened is the monthly inflation data that we had out um, earlier this month sort of caused most analysts to downwardly revise yeah. their expectations for today. Um, you know, the monthly data didn't fully give us the right steer for, for Q4. And as it's turned out, the um, the quarterly data's come in that bit stronger than the most were anticipating. I think the bigger miss, though, is really on the core mm. uh, read. The trim mean came in at 1.7% on the quarter. That was stronger than we, the Reserve Bank, and the consensus was expecting, which was all centred on a lift of 1.5%. And that annual rate now has stepped up to 6.9%. Um, so look, whichever way you slice it, it was another strong quarter for inflation. And when you look at 2022 as a whole now, yeah. uh, we had red-hot inflation in Australia. Now we'll get to what it means for the RBA in a minute, yeah. but I just thought it was probably worth highlighting what were the main drivers in inflation over the fourth quarter. So earlier on in the year, it was goods inflation that was the primary driver of inflation. Services inflation rose by more than goods in the fourth quarter. So services inflation was up 2.1% compared to goods inflation at 1.6%. There was a big lift in travel Mm. costs over the fourth quarter. So both domestic travel and international travel. Yeah, look, I'm sure any listener who uh, had a holiday over the festive yep. period can uh, can absolutely uh, understand that that inflation data for those components is, has been really strong. A lot of that, I think, is just reflecting a, a catch-up in demand, yes. um, particularly on the services side. And when we had a look at the data, we could see that it was red hot um, for the services sector in the second half of last year, and, and that annual rate has really picked up. But I think what's interesting is if you look at services inflation over a three-year period... It's up by 8.9% over three years, which means it's been travelling at an average rate of 3% a year. It's just that we didn't have much inflation at all in the services side of the economy for a few years because of restrictions, which meant that businesses just couldn't lift their prices. And then I think what you've had is uh, over 2022 is a real catch-up there where a lot of... um, 
a lot of firms in the services industry have probably seen the strong demand. They would be aware that they haven't uh, increased prices over the previous couple of years and they've responded to that higher demand by lifting prices and that's obviously pushed the overall rate up. Yeah, we also saw a lift in takeaway food and mm. meals. So that rose by 2.1% with the ABS actually highlighting minimum wage increases yep. that contributed to that. So there obviously is some uh, wage increases feeding through to the services side. In terms of goods inflation, one of the big drivers was higher electricity prices. That's going to continue to be a theme uh, this year in 2023 and 2024 as well. Although I would say that an unwinding of electricity rebates, particularly in WA, is throwing that category around quite a bit. And we'll continue to see that uh, next quarter as well as the Queensland electricity uh, credits uh, unwind as well. So that number did come in above market expectations but not as high as the RBA so the big mm. question is what does the RBA do in February the data has been very hit and miss over the holiday period yeah look that, that's right um, if we go back to December last year when the Reserve Bank increased the cash rate by 25 basis points to take it to 3.1 percent they did it with a hiking bias mm. and then in the, the December board minutes we found out that at that December meeting they discussed the case to raise the cash rate by 25 basis points, which they ultimately did. But they also discussed the case to uh, leave policy on hold and raise the cash rate yeah. by 50 basis points. So all options. Uh, all <laughs> options were on the table in February. They landed on the 25. Uh, sorry, were on the table in December. They landed on the 25 and they said they expect to raise interest rates over the period ahead, albeit they're willing to pause as well. I think uh, if we'd had an undershoot on the CPI yeah. today, it would have strengthened the case for them to pause in February. But Given that data, uh, even though it's a little bit below their expectations on the headline, it's, it's still very strong, uh, particularly in, in, in the core sense. Um, I think they, we think that they move at the February board meeting. That's what we had anyway as, as our base case. It's not just the inflation data that, that will guide their decisions. They're also interested in the activity side of things, the outlook for the economy, how the fixed rate roll-off actually unfolds this year. But probably seems a bit premature to pause in February just given this inflation data today and we're expecting them to uh, to increase the cash rate again uh, by 25 basis points in February. Now, we're recording this on the 25th of January. The Reserve Bank board meeting is still a bit, a bit less than two mm. weeks away, so it's actually in the second week of February this month. We haven't heard from the RBA since late December, so a lot of data's uh, come and gone since then so it will be interesting just to see how they change their mindset in February if they do it all or continue on with that hiking bias. Now also uh, over the last week or so you've published an uh, outlook piece uh, for the Australian economy for 2023 and you note in the title that a soft landing is our base case mm. but it's all dependent on the RBA's tightening cycle this year. Look, that, that's right, and, and every forecaster is in the same position at the moment where they've got to have both a forecast for the economy and then also a forecast for the Reserve Bank. But and they're yet, not separate. <laughs> no, that's right. There's a complete circularity there because the economic outcomes we get will be driven in part by what the Reserve Bank does, and yet what the Reserve Bank does will be in part driven by the, the economic outcomes and how yep. things are evolving. So. We're trying to um, forecast two things simultaneously, which impact each other. And the message we've really put out there is that um, the soft landing that the RBA desires, mm. which is consistent with keeping the economy on an even keel, uh, we think uh, requires not too much more in the way of, of tightening. And when we're talking about a soft landing, we're really saying um, 
an economic outcomes this year that mean the labour market still remains in pretty good health. Yeah. Uh, we don't have a recession. And ultimately, the RBA achieves a inflation getting back to target over time, but they don't have to really put the brakes on the economy massively to, to do so. And our view here is that they've put through a lot uh, of tightening in 2022. That tightening has not had a chance to impact um, price changes in the economy over last year, which yeah. is why we still saw that red-hot inflation data out today. But that as we go through this year, you know, the lagged impact of rate hikes will actually slow demand in the economy and with it, price changes. And therefore, there's just no need to continue to ratchet up with rate hikes because if the RBA does that, we just won't get that soft landing. So if effectively, our forecasts are conditional on just one further hike in the cash rate. You know, at a pinch, maybe if they hike twice more, we can still get that soft landing. But I think you know, if they do anything more than that, it'll be very hard to uh, to achieve what they want to achieve, which is to keep the, the economy on an even keel. Yeah, so just some of the numbers for our listeners. We've got uh, economic growth in the calendar year of 2022 at 3.6%. We have that slowing in 2023 to 1.6%, which is below trend. Uh, and that's why we also have uh, the RBA starting to take some uh, rate hikes off the table late next year through uh, starting to cut uh, the cash rate. Uh, we also have a lift in the unemployment rate. So uh, data last week showed the unemployment rate at 3.5%. It's pretty much been there since mm. May 2022. So the labour market really hasn't tightened over the second half of 2022. We've got the unemployment rate lifting to 4.3%. I think one of the bigger questions uh, that's getting asked at the moment, though, is wages growth. Mm. We've started to see wages growth accelerate. Is that... I think one thing that the RBA is watching closely to see when they need to stop lifting or, I mean, it's a lagging indicator. How can they continue or work out what to do if wages growth is still accelerating? Yeah, look, it's a good question. And this is the um, this is the problem when you start the tightening cycle late is that you get lagging indica- indicators that are still strengthening yeah. at the same time as forward-looking indicators are slowing. And then it creates a, um, a bit of a conundrum for the central bank. Um, wages growth up until this point has done what the Reserve Bank has wanted it to do, which is to lift. Yeah. And f- for most of uh, the past decade, the RBA wanted wages growth to go up, um, not, not down. But we're in a situation now where there can be too much of a good thing and wages growth has moved in the right direction. But if it ends up going too high and inconsistent with the target, then the Reserve Bank will actually want it to come back down. Now, when we look at our internal data, it's suggesting that wages growth was tracking a little bit under 3.5% through the year to the end of 2022. That is certainly consistent with the inflation target and wages growth at those sort of levels would uh, is ultimately what the Reserve Bank desires. Now, as you said, the labour market is very tight and wages growth is still moving higher and it can probably get up to almost 4% mm. and it not be a problem for the Reserve Bank. So there's still um, a fair bit of wriggle room there and we're expecting it to kind of peak at around three and three quarter percent. And provided it does that, the Reserve Bank will still want to engineer a soft landing. You know, they won't want the unemployment rate to go up too much because they'll be happy with what's actually going on in the labour market. But I think it's just the key risk to our forecast. You know, the labour market's been tight for a while now. If it turns out to be the case that that tightness is manifesting itself in wages growth inconsistent with the target then the Reserve Bank could end up putting more rate hikes through than we're anticipating, and that's when you start to talk about a hard landing being more likely than not. Um, 
you know, you've done obviously some work on yes. the EBAs and, and they're certainly moving in a way that's consistent with the target. That's right. So think about roughly 40% of the wages bills on long-term enterprise agreements. So if we look at the ones that were set over the second half of 2022, they're not inconsistent mm. with that wages growth. So at the moment, a lot of that wages growth is coming through individual contracts, private sector wages in particular. We get the next wages print in February. Uh, so that's for the fourth quarter. So we'll watch to see what that uh, comes in at. One of the other factors to think about for the labour market, though, as well, is we've seen a big lift in net of seas mm. migration. So I've written on this topic a fair bit, but we're going to see an increase in the labour supply yeah. over 2023. We've already yeah. seen that come through. Uh, so that could be another, I guess, offsetting factor uh, for the tight labour market and a lift in wages growth. That, yeah, that's right. And and that marries up with what we're seeing in the job vacancies. Yes. Um, they peaked around the middle of last year and they're slowly coming mm. off. In a level sense, they're still very elevated, but they are directionally coming down. And so what that means is that the labour market is starting to loosen, albeit from a, a very tight position. And based on the government's forecast for population growth, we'll have strong population growth as we go through this year. Yep. That'll continue to see the labour market loosen, yep. albeit it'll still be tight in a historical sense. And I think as that labour market starts to loosen and the unemployment rate starts to edge up, which is what we're expecting yes. based on below trend growth, that should give the Reserve Bank comfort that ultimately inflation will come back down yeah. to within target. And in a lot of ways, they can just let time do the heavy lifting. If you've got all the pieces of the puzzle in the right place, you just need to let then time uh, do its thing. And you know, if we think back to the inflation data, so much of what we've seen over the past year has been reflected that huge fiscal stimulus mm. that the government put through and also ultra-loose monetary policy um, to deal with the pandemic, but it's not ongoing. So it kind of needs to wash through and then things will start to normalise. But as that, as that washing through process occurs, as we go through this year and financial conditions continue to tighten with fixed rate home loan borrowers rolling off to floating rates, and we think there's no need to just keep taking the policy rate higher because the economy will organically slow. And we're seeing that in a range of indicators. Um, you know, even the business surveys that we got out uh, this consumer week, we obviously had well. consumer sentiment very weak. We had the PMIs out uh, on Tuesday, so yesterday in our business survey, all suggesting that things are slowing, albeit from a, a position of strength. And that's ultimately what, what we want to see. And the housing indicators as well. So mm. home prices, home lending. Yep. Home building approvals have all come off as well. Yeah, that's right. Look, those interest rate sensitive parts of the economy are all responding to higher rates. And I think the consumer confidence stuff is really interesting because households have been spending mm. and spending at pretty strong levels, but they're also saying they're not feeling too good about the outlook. And I think at some point uh, that fe those feelings will reconcile with actions and it probably wasn't the right time over the festive period because no one really wants to tighten the belts if you can help it uh, Good weather, over December first and January. normal Christmas in a while. Exactly right. But, you know, I, I think, and this is where you know, we're not really thinking like economists here, just thinking kind of pragmatically, that um, you know, I think there'll be a lot of people that when the kids go back to school at the end of January and they're looking at the, their finances um, and their position as they go through this year and they've got a mortgage with higher rates, you know, there will be some spending adjustments and I think um, well, it's our expectation we see that start to come through in the data from about February. All right, last topic I want to talk about and that's fiscal policy. Mm. You kind of raised how much it impacted the demand side of the economy during the COVID period. 
going forward, is it still a source of risk? Like the budget position has improved. It's been helped massively by commodity prices. How much does that factor into the outlook for 2023? Look, fiscal policy has the capacity to massively shape economic outcomes. Um, Pre-pandemic, we, we saw the government basically play, play a very passive role in terms of demand management in the economy, and the budget position improved, and it was really the RBA just sort of driving the mm. business cycle, and then COVID came along, we had a fiscal splurge, and we really saw the power of fiscal policy in influencing economic outcomes. Now, since the new government's come in, they've been very restrained mm. in terms of uh, spending, which has made the reserve bank's job that little bit easier, or should I say less less hard? Um, <laughs> it's never easy. It's, it's, it's not easy at all, but at least they've had the government, you know, work, basically not doing anything yes. that further complicates their job. Uh, but I think given the fiscal position has improved so much because mm. of eleva- elevated commodity prices, the government at some point might get a little bit twitchy to inject a bit of money into the economy, particularly if they see things slowing and the rate of inflation coming down. So... I think it's a key source of risk because we just don't know what the government will do there. But you know, I think um, I think as we go through this year, if it turns out to be the case that demand's slowing quite a bit and inflation's coming down uh, relatively swiftly, then the government might start to think, well, they can put some of that money back into the economy that so far they've really just banked. All right. Good first podcast for the Australian Economics nice team to have a in chat. 2023. Yeah. No doubt it's going to be a big year. RBA tightening, potentially loosening later this year. No doubt we'll uh, speak again. Thanks, Lots to Gareth. talk about. Thanks, Belinda. <laughs> All right. Now you can read our reports on the Q4 22 CPI, which was published on the 25th of January 2023, and the Outlook piece, uh, which was published on the 20th of January 2023, on combankresearch.com.au.